Hey folks, welcome to the Autofocus Podcast. My name is Scott. And I'm Dan. And this is episode number nine. Uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you everyone for listening and supporting Dan and I. It means a lot to us. Uh, we're having a lot of fun. We're learning a lot. And uh, hopefully you guys are learning something as well. Uh, the other thing is we'd really, really appreciate it if you guys would subscribe and start liking the episodes. Um, or if there's any comment, if you have any comments or anything like that that you want to give us some criticism, whether uh, it be about the topic or video production or whatever, we're all for it. Um, we want to let you know that we are on YouTube and Facebook for video platforms and for audio uh, we are on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and now we are on Apple Podcasts, finally. Uh, we're everywhere. I, finally, we're everywhere. We're everywhere. Um, <laughs> and uh, for tonight's topic, I'll let Dan introduce kind of what it is we're going to talk about, and we'll go from there. Yeah, so tonight um, we're going to be talking about lenses, different lenses, vintage lenses, um, Canon, Nikon, Sony, everyone kind of has different mounts, different... All the lenses are different. Yeah. Um, Third-party glass, too, is, is very good now. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about lenses today. Yeah, different focal lengths, like what, what you know, what you know if you're using a wide angle and maybe your practicality with that particular lens and long long lenses, zoom lenses, prime, the whole nine yards. It's, it's a yeah, fun and, topic. And what, and what they're used for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, why, why use a zoom? Why use a prime? Yeah. You know, what's a fast lens, a slow lens, stuff like yep. that. So it's a good episode. It'll probably be a little bit longer than uh everything else may, maybe closer to 45 minutes or an hour we'll see there's just a lot to cover uh during, during for this topic but well, i think we should start with the basics i mean most people uh use a, an iphone to take photography so uh traditionally you have like a medium wide angle lens on an on an iphone or just ch- typical cell phone and and nowadays there's two, two lenses so a lot of times they're either doing a telephoto lens which is what's considered like something from like what 85 millimeters out to like 200 telephoto and then the newest iphone now has a super wide angle on it um which is cool i mean it's it's these phones are becoming more and more photography uh driven than photography driven as yeah 100 because it's pretty crazy how how far you can zoom in and how wide you can get on a on a phone it's insane you know as small as that lens is yeah i know people probably laugh when i pull out like you know a zoom lens, right? And it's this long thing. And then they got their, their phone and they can zoom in just as far as I can. Uh, there's obviously a quality difference there, but, uh, yeah, for sure. So I think we should start out, we start out with phones, pretty straightforward. Everybody kind of see it, but most of the time people buy an SLR or a mirrorless camera or whatever, and you get the kit lens with it. At least that's how I've, I've started both times. I I think that's almost how everyone, everyone starts out. So when we're talking, you know, we don't say professional cameras, but more, photography and videography they start with what's called the kit lens and it's traditionally a zoom lens on a zoom lens on a crop sensor is 18 millimeters to 55 millimeters which is the equivalent on a full frame to about 24 millimeters to about 70 millimeters um well i mean you had kit lens on your canon right that was a first yeah so i had the kit lens um i think i even upgraded to this i forget what it was a 70 to like 300 or something right um but it was it was canon's like intermediate yeah they're kind of middle of the road entry level you say it's not good but like well well you're right you're right it was good but then when you when you buy good glass and you and you you see the difference then you're just like wow yeah absolutely you see the difference I, i think it's funny because you know, people get so hung up on the specs for all this stuff and like, oh, I've got to have, at the end of the day, you know, it, it totally does make a difference to have like a a, a nice piece of glass, a a nice lens. 
but you don't need it. Like it's still, you know, a, a, I've taken some amazing photos with my my kit lenses, the basic lenses that you buy on used market for a hundred bucks. They get the job done. Um, but things that you you kind of get along with the kit lenses, you don't get necessarily the sh- the fastest lens. Uh, if you want to explain a little bit about like what what a fast lens is in terms of like, yeah. Yeah. So, so when you're talking like everyone says fast lens, um, and that's your aperture. So a not fast lens would be like a 5.6 or, you know, somewhere around there. I would say even like an F4 isn't that fast. F4. Yeah. Um, an F2.8 and F1.8 and F1.2, those are pretty fast lenses. Um, and that's just, you're letting more light in so you can open, you're opening your lens up so you can let more light in. Right. Um, that's why it's considered a, a faster lens because you're, you can be it's, at a shallower depth of field. Yeah, or it, a, a faster shutter speed is kind of it's kind of confusing because 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 it, it's almost backwards. It is backwards. We're talking when you're about learning yeah, it. yeah, we're talking yeah. about how fast a lens is, but then we're not talking about shutter speed, which is what captures the mo the like the motion. So it is a little backwards. I've 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 never really right. L- well, go ahead. yeah. When I was learning it, it was very confusing because the bigger it gets. Like the the wider it gets, the the lower the, the number, the number. Gets. right? So right, so it's very yeah. yeah the fastest lens I have is an f one point eight, and it means that the aperture on the lens, the the little hole that's in there. If you look in a lens, you can see there's like a, a diaphragm and a bunch of blades and stuff. And the lens yeah. in an f one point eight, it's pretty large. And actually, I don't know if I can show you. Can I show everybody with this? Yeah. So um, if you look here, oh, you can, can see you, it too. Can yeah. you look in yeah. here? I don't know. Get my lens to focus yep. here, and I can close this. Those right, those blades. That's the aperture. That's what we're talking about. So that right there, I think this is an f twenty two, no f sixteen. So that's f sixteen. This is a fifty milliliter lens. But when I back this all the way out, that's f one point eight, and and that lets all all that lets all the light in. The cool thing about that is you get that professional look that a lot of people go for. You get that blurred background. You you're able to shoot in darker environments, um, and it creates it creates what they call bokeh, which is that blurred, nice muted background. It allows your subject to really pop and stand off of that. Um, so everybody wants a fast lens, but they're expensive traditionally. Super expensive, yeah, yeah. They're very pricey. Right. So typically, the but that, yeah, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I was gonna say yeah. That's that's the good thing too with um these third party lenses or companies is because you know you can buy they're they're making such quality glass now and it's there's double the you know ten times cheaper. Oh, than it's crazy. The original, so original we'll glass. jump ahead a little bit just to talk because we're talking about third party lenses. I shoot third party lenses. I have one Sony Prime lens, but the sh- the lens I'm shooting on now is a 28 to 75 f 2.8, which is a pretty fast zoom lens. Um. And it was literally uh, probably 30% the price of the Sony glass. Like, uh, not 30, yeah. but probably 40, 40%. Because the Sony version of this is like $2,800. This was about 1000 yeah. bucks. So it's about, yeah, about a now, third. Now, is, is, ta- is that Tamron? Tamron. So for the Sony Tamron. FE mount, uh, this is a Tamron. The next lens I'll buy will be the 7180. We'll get into that, which is their, their long zoom range. Are you gonna go? Are you gonna stay Tamron? I think so. The cool thing about it is, yeah. I now have a twenty millimeter f two point eight from Tamron and this one, which is twenty eight seventy five. And then if I get that, they're all sixty seven millimeter uh, filter threads. So if I want to put an ND filter yeah. or a polarizer or anything like that on there, I can do that, and it doesn't cost me a ton. And I love the form factor. So the Sony lenses are a lot bigger because they're kind of odd sizes. Like it, people. 
traditionally what 16 to 24 or 16 to 35 would be like your wide zoom traditionally then 24 to 70 and then 70 to 200 tamron's kind of gone with some weird focal lengths but what it's allowed them to do is kind of get the size down and the price um which is a lot to make them make it so that it's more affordable to the consumer but we'll get a little bit we'll get into that a little bit more um let's get back to kit lenses in general so um everybody starts with a kit lens it's great you don't get the best glass, you don't get the best coatings on the lenses, which allow for like, you know, weather resistance and stuff like that. Right. They're usually plastic. It's not very well built, but that's, you know, considered you're buying, you for know, the price, a, they're great value. The exactly. Exactly. Right. So, um, and, and I would say typically the next thing people buy are, we, we've talked about this before in other episodes is what they call a nifty 50, which is affordable yeah. prime 50 millimeter lens. And I have one for the Sony and it's, they're traditionally F 2.8. Um, it's what that old vintage lens that I showed you was, and we'll get into that further down the episode. Oh, yours is two point eight. Nope, nope, mine's an F. I'm sorry, F one point eight. This is an F. Oh, this 1. is 8. an F. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. an F two, um, or F one point eight. Uh, yeah, this is F one point eight. But um, yeah, a lot of them, the old vintage lenses are kind of they have odd uh, aperture. Yeah. But um, yeah, so prime lenses are great. The the cool thing is you you get on a typically a lesser budget of a zoom you're getting better quality and better optics because those lenses don't have to move within the lenses, and the price is great. I mean, my Nifty Fifty I think was a hundred bucks, maybe one hundred twenty five bucks. And that's yeah, yeah. Mine was one twenty five. I bought two of them. I'm about to buy another one because I it's mine's broken or it's almost right. broken. The, it's just so easy to kind of just like throw it around yeah, and not really yeah, care, you, but it's an amazing Yeah, it's they're great. They're lens. great for 50 yeah. millimeter focal length. Now we'll get a little bit into like what you use them for. 50 mil is great for a portrait. It's great for street photography. Um, it's great for inside if you've got a decent sized room. Um, you know, Right. It's it's almost that mid-range lens that kind of covers every. You can do portraits. Portraits. You can do landscapes. You can do, you know, it's almost that like street photography. Yeah, you can, you just can do it, it all. And go everywhere. Um, yeah. The, the one downside you get from like a, a cheaper lens, at least on my my body, and I don't know how it is on on yours. It's it is the autofocus isn't quite as crisp as like my my higher end lenses. It's not as fast, um, mm-hmm. but it's still it gets the job done. And I wouldn't know any better if I hadn't had right, a nicer lens, right? So. Yep. But the 50 mil, it's every every photographer and videographer just got to have a 50 mil. Yeah, that's actually just to bring up the autofocus stuff too. That's why I have to buy another one because my autofocus is messed really? up. But um, yeah, on the, uh, so this is the, the 70 to 200. I, I know I'm jumping the gun, yep. but um, 70 to 200. And when you buy a more expensive lens, it usually the autofocus system is a little bit better. So this is the ultrasonic right. autofocus or whatever. So it's quieter right. um, than my... Nifty 50. I can hear when I'm shooting video, I can hear my 50 going back. Focusing. Exactly. And exactly. Actually yeah. the first 7,200. Right. The first episode we shot, I shot on my 20 mil for the podcast. And part of the reason I was a little bit out of focus is because I didn't want to, I didn't want to use autofocus on that lens because you could hear it in the microphone mm-hmm. and it, it hunts a little bit. It was a, it was 350 bucks. It wasn't an expensive lens. It's weather sealed. It's great for for photography, but it's not great for video. So sometimes buying a lens, it's, it's, you know, you have a purpose. Depends for what you're going to shoot. Yeah. So a hundred percent. Originally I was going to go to, or we still are, but, uh, things got canceled because of coronavirus. So we ended up not going to Ireland, but I bought that lens for Ireland so that I could shoot wider landscapes. Um, 
and yeah. interiors. There's a couple stuff that we want to do in castles and stuff. And it's nice to have a good 20 mil lens for like interior and somewhat fast F 2.8. So, um, low, somewhat decent in low light, but, um, I actually don't even have a higher zoom lens. So I'll let you talk a little bit about, um, the 70 to 200 and like, you know, different, different qualities, but then also what you use it for. Yeah. So, I mean, my 70 to 200, I would say, um, at first I actually had the 70 to 200 F4. Um, and then I upgraded to the 2.8, which I was that one stop of light or whatever. You get so much more. You think it makes a big difference? Point eight. A hundred percent. So, because, so and, and this is a genuine question. This isn't like, I'm not just playing this up for the podcast. So I can buy the <laughs> F4 version of the Sony F4 version for the, about the same price that I can buy the Tamron F2.8 version for. F2.8. And it's yeah. like, well, okay. So, I would go, I would go to eight. You, you right. will upgrade eventually. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Eight. And at the end of the day, the Tamron will get me, get me there. So, um, yeah. It, yeah so no, it was huge. So you went, uh, yeah, Sony F4 to F2.8, and just for that extra stop of light, so in low light situations, you're good, but what do you use it for? Like, what's yeah. your main, like... So, I, I mean, this lens, I honestly had it on my camera for everything. Um, I, I mainly got it in the beginning for wildlife because I couldn't afford a crazy long lens. So I got, the, I got this for wildlife and kind of sports. I was shooting surfing and yep. my friends and stuff, skateboarding. Um, and then I also got it for portraits. I already had a wide lens, so I already had like a 24 to 70. So I was like, well, I need something from 70 to 200. You know, right. that's the next. That's the next progression. You know, right. I'm not going to buy another wide, you know. So I bought the 70 to 200 and it's, it literally, you can shoot everything with yeah. it. I love it. Um, so yeah, I, I have this on my camera all the time. Yeah. The cool thing about it, pretty much, I would say anything from like 70 millimeters up to anything higher. I mean, they make, we, we're talking about 200, but they make lenses that are, you know, four or five, six, seven, eight thousand millimeters. Yeah. But, um, is you get what's called compression in the image and the, hi the higher you the go, the higher the you go, the more compression you get. You get. Yeah. So what happens when you shoot a, uh, what's, we'll start with the landscape just cause that's my, my book. Right. So when yeah. you shoot wide, you're getting like layers and you can kind of see the depth in an image. You can kind of see, you know, if you've got a foreground image and then a middle, something in the middle and something, you can kind of see that in the image. But when you shoot something on a zoom lens, what it does is it, it takes it and it makes everything almost look like it's two dimensional. Like it's on a piece of paper. Um, so so your eye, let's just say you're looking at the, uh, you, if the hill was right here, you're seeing the hill, but then whatever was behind it, it could be hundreds and hundreds of yards behind it is still right up against it. You don't see any distance between them when you shoot at some high uh, 200 mil or, or 300 millimeter. So it's really cool. You can, you, it also is really flattering for faces. So uh, you yeah. do a, you yep. do a lot or a decent amount of portraits and stuff like that. Um, right. So that's, yeah, that's another reason why this lens is so great because when you have a wide lens and you shoot, if you're shooting faces with wide lenses, it's going to distort whatever it's shooting. Um, so your, so your face isn't going to look natural or normal. Right. Um, a seven to 200 is just an all around lens that you can just, it's yeah. Amazing for portraits. Yeah. You're making me want one pretty bad. Um, yeah, no, I would say, I mean, I would say the 50 millimeter in 85, a 70 to 200 or a hundred millimeter macro are like yeah great for portraits and I, I struggle with that a little bit because i'd love to get an 85 right now f because like they're relatively yeah. affordable they're about i can get a decent one for about 550 even an f1.4 like rokinon makes one um but 
I go, I have a 75 F 2.8. I go, is an extra 10 millimeters exactly. a difference? Like I'd rather save up and get that right, 70 right. to 180 or 70 to 200. Um, Definitely. But yeah, an 85 F 1.8 is cool though. I mean, it, it's all, that's a portrait lens hands down. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not like you get a yeah. ton of reach out of it. Um, but you're still getting some compression out of it, but you're, it's, it's more flattering for, you know, faces and stuff like that. Now you've shot not, have you shot all of the podcasts on your 70 to 200? No, no. Um, right now I'm using my 24 to 70. You are. Yeah. But, um, I shot a couple episodes with my 70 to 200. Okay. So what, yeah, I switch it. I switch it up randomly. What what focal length are you at right now on for shooting? Are you up? Uh, I think I'm actually at 24. So that's about what I'm shooting. I'm shooting 28. Yeah. So just to give somebody yeah. an idea of like what, you know, what we're shooting at um, and how it can make your, your face look. Now, again, it's not, my face doesn't look distorted. Dan talked about like it looking, you know, the closer you right. get to the camera, the more distortion it will look, look, but. So, so like, just like we talked about in the, in the first or second episode, you, we were talking about the fisheye. Right. And you were like, oh, you know, you get so much perspective. Right. The wider you go. So if you're shooting a fisheye, obviously everything's going to be distorted right. and bubbled out you shooting six ten millimeter 16 you know it's it's gonna go in and in and in 24 is wide but it's not, it's not crazy too bad. it's not like you're gonna yeah 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 for sure but but also you you'll be able to tell when you put put your photos next like if you shot 24 right and then you shot next to a 50 and then you shot the same we can, picture we can, then you'd be able to tell. i don't know if we'll have the ability to do that maybe we can implement something like add some yeah we can add some there, photos yeah. i don't think we have any i don't have any that are like i shot the same thing at a different uh, well, focal I, I mean, you can just take it, take photos of someone's, our, our faces. Yeah, we, you know, we can try same. something, uh, yeah. just to put something in there so that people understand the difference and what, what a difference it really can make. Um, yeah. but it's, it's, it's probably what I, what I researched the most because what makes a good photographer great is knowing what lens and what focal length to make something look super flattering. So mm-hmm. recently we had done, I, we were doing car shows and I've been shooting a lot of cars and I had very little experience other than like, you know, taking pictures of my own cars and stuff. And like, at what point does like a car start to look funny at what, at wide angles, at, at longer focal lengths, how do you shoot interiors? Um, so that's something that like knowing what focal length to use at the right moment is what, what makes you a really good photographer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and. And back to the 70 to 200, I would say, you know, in the beginning when I started out, it's a, it, I was using it for wildlife, but it's not a wildlife lens. It's not long enough, right? You would, you're going to, right. You're going to want more reach. Yeah. You're going to want it to be a little bit longer. So yeah. I ended up buying a Sigma 150 to 500, I think was my right. next, my next big Which lens, is super so. cool. Um, yeah. You know, the other thing you talk about, we talk about getting, when you get into more expensive, so obviously you're getting more cl- you know, clear glass in there and, you know, the, all that light Mm -hmm. and stuff has to go through that glass, but you're also probably getting some sort of image stabilization. So. Right. Those, and those lenses, right. So you can buy a lens without image stable. It would be the same lens. You can buy it without image stabilization, but you add that in, it's going to be drastically more more money. So my Tamron's don't have any image stabilization in them at all. Yeah, but does your does your Sony have embodied exactly? So my so my yes, so yes. what that is, and we'll we'll break it down a little bit. So um, stabilization in a lens allows for the lens actually. I don't actually know one hundred percent how it works in the lens, but it allows for there to be some like stabilization. So like if you're rocking a little bit, it'll, it's almost it'll, like a yeah, it'll like <laughs> even out the picture in the in the camera yeah. itself. So the ca- my camera's got what's called 
IBIS, in-body image stabilization, and it actually the sensor will move. So if I'm hand-holding a shot, and let's just say I'm at a shutter speed of like one thirtieth of a second, right? And I'm let's say I'm I've got my I can't believe you're shooting that one. I can, I That's can, slow. I know, but I can shoot that <laughs> slow if I'm inside, right? You know, sometimes yeah, it calls wow. for that. So one thirtieth of a second, and then I've got max aperture, right? F one point eight or f two point eight, and I can't, and I want to boost my ISO anymore. My camera will actually try to adjust everything and make sure that I'm not getting a lot of motion blur. I can get a full stop yeah. out of in my in-body image stabilization, um, whereas if it didn't have it. So it, it helps a lot. It keeps the cost of my lenses down uh, for sure yeah. because I don't have to worry about, you know, getting some eye or some, some stabilization in my lenses. Um, now, now would it be worth you buying? What would happen if you bought a image stabilized lens with so your So I could get, camera I could get with two full it. stops probably out of, out of stabilization. So it would just be better. It would just be better. With, and with so, and yeah, that's why yeah. I like that Sony F4 lens I was talking about that 7,200. It has it. So it would give me the ability, even though it's F4, I can shoot something at, at the same low light as an f2.8 right because it's got that stabilization in it so it's kind of convoluted right so it's like do i do i get something that's a metal construction and it's it's sony native right so it's ideally will work better um for years third-party lenses were junk like like sigma and tamron and tokenon and rokinon and all these random companies Mm -hmm. uh and sigma made lenses and they were they were junk they were plasticky the, the glass wasn't good. They were just a cheaper alternative to the real deal. But now, yeah. I would say in the past five years, maybe, third-party lenses. Sigma dude, stepped up their, stepped their, up their art, game. Their huge. art series lenses, all metal construction. I held yeah. one the other day. Are, they're phenomenal. They, yeah. Yep. If I bought a prime lens, if I was going and I was going to buy like a 135 or something, that's the lens I would get the Sigma over the Sony. Yeah. And now when I'm looking at lenses, I don't even think, oh, I'm going to get a Canon lens. I sit there and I'm like, oh, what is Sigma? You what know, what's offer? Sigma's new lens right. or what do they have? Yeah. So I'm looking around and back in the day, you're you 100% right. You would never do that. Nope. Yeah. It would it would only be what your brand was that you'd be getting that, that glass. Yeah. It's, it's huge. And it makes it more obtainable for somebody like me that, I, you know, I don't generate a ton of revenue from my hobby. So, you know, justifying spending $3,000 on a lens, crazy, right? But- uh. But it makes it so that I can still get that quality that I want as a hobbyist, and it's something that like I love high high production quality, but not have to spend three grand. I still have to spend it. It's still a lot of money. I still have to spend a thousand bucks, but right. The the other good thing about lenses too is just like you were saying um, with the price, you know they're expensive, but you also get a return on your lens. So if you have a lens, you can almost sell it for either what you bought it for or a little bit under because they hold their value. Yeah. If you're going to, you don't want to dump all your money into a body because in two, three years, you're going to get a new mm-hmm. one with a lens. You're going to have that for a long, long time. Yeah. So people who aren't into photography and video are getting into it. Um, traditionally cameras don't change their mounts that often. So the mount is, or, or the flange on a camera is how the lens attaches to the camera. So once a camera company commits to a particular l- amount, that's pretty much how they go for, for 
a long time. Long time. I mean, yeah. so Sony, they've had the E-mount for about eight years, and that's young. I mean, that's like not – like they're mm. committed to that for, for, for a long time. I mean, how long have, have you had what – what is the Canon uh, mount called? So, so Canon has the e- EF mounts, um, but they actually just – with their RF lenses right. now, they just changed it, which is – you know, it's, it's weird that we're talking I about know. it. But Canon just changed it with their mirrorless because it's a new camera, right. so it's a – it's a, they've but never that's made a new technology, camera, so they, right? So that's that's yes. why you know technology. But they but yeah. what do they include when you buy buy your camera? So, so they offer yeah an adapter so you can hook up your EF lenses to your so if you or the right so if you camera. invested in EF glass like let's say you have ten grand worth of EF glass you exactly. don't have to throw it away but you can still you're upgrade your body out. yeah it, great um, yeah. which is uh, which is awesome so you're right so like. I bought a camera that was a little bit older to start getting into the Sony ecosystem so that in two or three years or whenever the time comes, if I feel like I need to upgrade, I now have all the glass mm-hmm. for it and I can just go get that uh, new new technology, which is the body, not the glass. Because there's there's not much going right. on. I mean, the, 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 I mean, autofocus has changed a lot within lenses, but at the end of the day, older, older autofocus motors and stuff still work just as well. It's not, it's not a deal breaker. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I mean, for most, most things, well, not most things, but you're doing landscape. Sure. It's not like you have all the time in the world to sit there and exactly. Focus, even so with, yeah, even deal. with my kids, it's like, you know, people right. get so hung up on buying the most recent technology, but at the end of the day, they probably don't take advantage of 50% of it. You know, oh, my camera, yeah. when I bought it was five, yeah. like the technology was five years old, but for me, you know, for what I do, it literally is perfect. Like I, there's at no point do I ever feel like I don't have what I need what tools I need to be creative and create something. Yeah. Um, the only, my two complaints with my camera are battery life is terrible. And now I just bought a battery grip. And two is I don't have a fully articulating uh, LCD screen. Screen. Other than yeah. that, my camera is perfect. And those are small things. Yeah. Like those, there are workarounds for both of those. One of them I've already well, fixed. Well, you fixed it with the battery grip, right? You fixed it, so. And yeah. the other one, for example, I'm tethering video onto my camera in this in this instance. So like I don't even need the swivel screen. So, you know, a lot of times mm-hmm. you don't need that technology. It's definitely worth investing in glass um, before investing in a body 100%. And, yeah. Yeah, and I this, agree. I guess, this is a good time for us to get into vintage, vintage lenses, which I know a little bit more about than Dan, only because I love. Again, we talked about it. I think episode two or three, um, just like something super old being married with new technology. Um, but this lens right here, it is from nineteen like the seventies or mid seventies. It's a one thirty five, which blows my mind because if you can see, like, look at the size of this thing. It's it's small. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a so modern small. day one hundred and thirty five millimeter lens would be. I mean, probably the size you got your 70 mil. Can you hold up your 70 mil? Right. Yeah. Right. Just a uh, prime. Just the prime Just version the prime would be that size. Right. I mean, the size of that, that's the length of like dance. I mean, full hand. Right. So, and this thing, yeah. this thing's that's about <laughs> half, half the length of my hand. So, um, yeah. it's cool. It's a little bit more compact. The downside is there's no autofocus because back in the day, most of the time there was just manual focus, um, but you're getting the cool thing about this lens is I think it's like 50 or 70 bucks. It's an F 3.5, uh, 135 mil. So I can pull, I can hold up the, um, you can see right there, you know, it's a pretty fast lens. It's a decent glass. Um, and it's super cost effective. So it's kind of neat. Mirrorless cameras came out and so originally these cameras were, or these lenses were put on a 35 millimeter lens and the, the, Camera, I'm sorry, yeah. uh, camera. Yep, 35 millimeter yeah. camera. Yeah. And the film that they were being projected onto 
was pretty much right behind this lens. Like it was right here. All the all the light had to come in and it would go right onto it. But as technology changed, you know, we added these mirrors to the cameras and the the distance between the sensor and the camera changed. So that distance really critical. You know, the distance between all the glass that's in here is really critical. So these lenses, as much as we say lenses were a good investment, started to become obsolete as digital came out. Uh, I don't know when the first digital camera came out. I would say it's got to be early 90s for like SLR type of product. Um, but as mirrorless came out in the past five years, these lenses became more and more popular because the flange distance behind a, a mirrorless camera, the, the sensor is directly behind that flange. That flange is what we're talking about, that mount that you put your lens onto. So what I bought was an adapter, which I do have here, which mimics the distance of the original vintage lens that it was shot on the 35 millimeter camera. So this is what's called a M42 mount. It was originally on like Pentax. So I screw this on. Oh, wow. It screws, it screws on. on. Wow. It's, a, it's a screw on mount. Yeah. And then this side has my Sony mount on it. So then I screwed on and now I can shoot with this. Now, again, the downside is this is a fixed focal length. So and it also doesn't have aperture control in the camera. So again, I have to manually pick. I don't know if you can see it with it on the camera. Yeah, you can. Um, yeah. My aperture, which typically aperture stays relatively st stagnant. and But then I have to pick my focal length. I mean, my uh, focus length. Now, yeah. So now I know you said that um, you like marrying the old with the new. Is there another, like, do you like the look of... Dude. These these lenses on on the cameras like it, what else I will it? say it looks a little funny I, I like it looks a little funny with the battery grip on because my camera just dwarfs the lens um, but when I don't have the battery <laughs> grip on I feel like it complements it pretty well but what I do love about it yeah. is the how 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 you're you're kind of on sensor overload because you're controlling every little aspect right so I've I've got to pick my aperture I, I decide okay I'm shooting. I've got it on a tripod, you know, I'm zoomed down to a house or whatever it is. I want to make sure the entire thing's in focus. You know, I'm going to click down, right? Click, click, click yeah. down to a particular aperture. And then it's got the, um, I don't know if you guys can see that. It's got the distance in feet and meters of where, where I'm focusing to, which most lenses do have, but it's cool that it's on the lens. Like it's not digital, right? So I can say, okay, you know, I'm at uh, 25 feet, so I set it to that, and then boom, it's spot on. It's not going to change. Yeah. So what's funny, my um, sorry, no, sorry. my my fisheye is Rokinon. It, I have a fisheye Rokinon, and that's all manual. Right. But I almost find it easier and faster to change my aperture real quick, just right on the lens, yeah. and go into the camera and dial it in. The, yeah. The only time I <laughs> I don't shoot with vintage is when I'm shooting a subject like. That's moving. Um, like my kids are impossible yeah. to shoot with vintage. I could take a hundred photos and like three of them might be in focus because it's too <laughs> fast. Now, the, the other thing that I want to yeah. talk about with these vintage lenses is with mirrorless cameras, you get what's called focus peaking, which wasn't something that was on a consumer grade. Like you, I, you, I would imagine your C100 ha has focus peaking because that was a video thing first, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? It's all video. Yeah, yeah. That's for, yeah. The main reason is because it's for video. So my C100 Mark II has it. My 7D didn't have it, but it was the Magic Lantern that was able to give it the, some video features. To so do. what it does is it but. tells us as uh, the photographer what is in focus. So it's not so important when you're shooting in an automatic lens because you can you can kind of quickly pick your focus point or manually pick it quickly. Um, because it, yeah. you can tell on the screen, but with vintage lenses, you can't, 
you just don't know. Like it, there's so much variables. So what the the focus peaking does is, it, uh, at least on my camera, I have it set up so that it's red and it outlines whatever's in focus. So if I had this set up on me, it would perfectly outline my face in like this red kind of li- like line, like almost yeah, like pencil so it picks drawn. Picks up the contrast. It, yeah. yeah, and and it it would let me know that I'm perfectly in sharp. Maybe maybe I'll shoot a a, a one of the episodes on it if I can get a decent aperture. That would be co- kind of cool um, to shoot shoot mm-hmm. one of these on on a, the vintage lens, I'd have to back the camera up a little bit, but, um, so it makes it a little bit easier. And that's one of the reasons I was drawn to a mirrorless camera is being able to marry that, that technology. I mean, the next vintage lens that I want to get is a, um, uh, like a 200 or 300 prime. Like, I feel like that'd be a cool focal length to have as a vintage lens because you kind of, you yeah. know what you're shooting typically at that point. Um, so it, it'd be cool to have, they're expensive. I mean, most vintage lenses are anywhere from 50 to 150, 200 bucks. Whereas, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not expensive, but the, the high zoom ones can yeah. be get up to 500 to a thousand dollars. Um, but yeah. it's cool. I love the old technology. I'm also looking for, um, an old 35 millimeter camera that I could just put like on the shelf, uh, for decoration. That'd yeah. Cool. Just cool. I'd like, I'd like yeah. it to have the same mount. So I'd like to find a Pentax one that those lenses would work on. Not that I'd ever shoot 35 millimeter right. uh, film, but I just think it'd be cool to have like a set of lenses for that camera. Yeah. So even even to bring it back to um, when we were talking about focus speaking, um, a lot of video, I mean, movies and my things are, they don't so use autofocus. My video stopped. You'll have to cut that out for a little bit. Oh, did it? <laughs> that yeah. was all good. Um, for uh, focus speaking for video or movies and things, uh, they shoot manual. Right. Um, they have what's called like a focus puller. So someone will be back there pulling focus. So having focus peaking to let you know if you're in focus or not, because autofocus might hunt and then you ruin the shot. So some guy sitting back there and like, you know, fine tuning the focus is just so much. Yeah. When, yeah, when Dan says focus pulling, he's talking about somebody physically like, like electronically controlling the focus on, you know, pro level cameras and there's a motor on the lens. Right. And he literally like, so let's just say it's a moving shot and the camera's moving or the subject's moving. That person, literally their only job is to make sure that that person or whatever the director says (laughs) to be in focus is in focus. Um, it's incredible and it's cool. It's really hard to do, you know, Dan's like a solo videographer. So for him to control, like if he's on a gimbal focus movement and the subject, it's, it's a lot, there's a lot going on. Um, and we'll get, and that's, we'll get into directing and producing a little bit, uh, further episodes, but, um, yeah, lenses play a big part into that and they, they play a big part into, you know, how you view a particular thing, right? Again, we talked about it for portraits, you know, wide angle versus a, a high zoom, but same with same with uh, landscapes. You know, if I take a, a 200 millimeter shot of a house, right, you're only going to see, you know, maybe the house, maybe the garden out front and the walkway. But if I take it at 24 millimeters from from far away from the same distance, you're going to get you're going to you're going to see its surroundings, right? You're going to see, you know, mm-hmm. the trees, the background, the sky, you know, the road, everything. Um, you know, we, we also we didn't really touch on this. We talked about prime lenses. People say, you know, and you've, you've said this, I think in another episode is you like to zoom with your feet. Like you like to take, you know, instead of like using, going and, and, you know, scrolling out to two or rolling out to 200 millimeters, well, screw it. I'll say it's 70 millimeters. And I'll try to get closer to my subject. Um, you know, it, it'll look a little bit different, but at the end of the day, you can still kind of capture the same shot. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I was explaining it. I, I, uh, I would rather have zoom. 
I would rather have a zoom lens. I like the convenience of being able to just okay. kind of change it, whatever I would. But what do you, what do you, do you like primes better? I don't know. I think it depends on what I'm shooting. So for landscape, 100%, I like primes because again, it's a slower yeah. process. So like, it makes me think about it. It actually makes my experience better. I don't like, I have shot stuff with my 28 to 70, uh, five, but I prefer the 20 mil or a 50 mil because it's like, I already kind of know what my focal length is going to be. So I know the distance I need to be away from something. So I just kind of go and set yeah. it up. Whereas sometimes when you go and you sit down and then you're like zooming back and forth, Oh, I don't want to get that in there. It's kind of, it's, it, it, I think it ruins the experience for me. Um, but if I was doing street photography where I'm walking around, right. And taking pictures of, you know, signs and people and stuff, definitely a zoom lens. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people say, um, you know, prime prime glass. It's it's sharper. It's 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 Dude. crisp because there's not as many layers of, of glass. But to me, I'm like, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Nowadays, it doesn't matter. Glass is so it good, is. right? You're and not like, really gonna unless tell the you're a, what they call pixel peeper, where you're like, you know, zooming yeah, in yeah. to see. Like, <laughs> again, I these lenses, these these vintage lenses, they're glass compared to a modern lens. They're terrible. Like they, you know, dust mm -hmm. is in here. Like I can physically see there's a hair in this one. Like it's not, it's not perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's not per have, have you ever, are you, do you ever even think about cleaning it? I took my 50 millimeter apart and, and cleaned, I mean, cleaned no, all I, to me, it's part of like the charm. Like, it's part you know, of, if yeah. it was really, yeah, if true. it was really distracting in the image, I'd probably use like, you know, the, the marker tool or whatever it's called. And, uh, oh, and, to and delete, delete it. it. But at yeah. the end of the day, I think it's what gives it the, the charm of, uh, the image and that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's, that's why I, I'm drawn to that, you know, the vintage and I don't have a couple, but, um, I use them and it's, it, they're light. So I can kind of always have them, um, in our last episode, yeah. episode, we talked about gear and our uh, couple episodes and, uh, it's like, we take too so much shit with us. The other thing is that lens was 60 bucks. So if I toss it on the passenger right. seat of my car, or I always keep it in the glove compartment, it's getting banged around. It's not going to get beat up. It's metal. It's glass. It's not. There's no plastic in it. And then I can always grab it when I'm going to use it. So it's it's. I like vintage lenses. I think everybody should have one. I mean, I know you don't have one. You should get one. You right. sh you should yeah. get a, a focal length that you probably don't want to spend the money on, but you're like, I think it'd be cool to have one. Like that. I guess I challenge you to you, go find one. Find one. Get them out and do it. See, up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I'm just I I uh I, yeah, it doesn't interest me to get a get a vintage lens. Um, not not at all. I want I want I want not at all. I, I mean, I want the the sharp. I mean, I mainly shoot wildlife, so I need my. Yeah, but how about when you I do need, video you know, stuff, like speed. when you're when you're shooting manual, like for sure. Like, the problem yeah. is you have you That's have true. yeah, but I've been investing in glass and in the same brand for years, so like you pretty much have right. every. So I almost have like cover. the holy trinity yeah. of exactly yeah so. But yeah, I mean the Holy Trinity. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't the Holy Trinity. <laughs> Three lenses, right? So what is it? Yeah. 16, 35, 70, uh, 24, 70, 24, 70, 70 to 200, and then the 70, 200. Trinity. Does it yeah. all have to be I guess yeah. are you a purist? Does it all have to be canon? I would See? I mean if you're gonna do it <laughs> if you're gonna do it, it might as well be canon. Or it could all be Sigma. Or or Tamron. I think it should or all be it should all be brand. one brand. And yeah, that's what I'm Tamron. going for. Yeah. You know, all they do yeah. Tamron does make a uh yeah, I think it's a 17 to 28 or something like that. So I'll get that at some point because the autofocus motor yeah. is better than the 20 millimeter that we were talking about earlier. So I would be able to do video and, and stuff like that. But And that's and that's right. Your your lenses also will vary on what you're oh, doing. Sure. So if you're doing photos or you're doing video, it's, you know, there's some things you have to look at. Definitely. But do you put any like any uh, 
filters or anything like even clear filters on your on your so lenses to protect I, them at you, all? when i shot nikon i was like oh i'm spending all this money like i need to make sure i'm projecting you didn't want to it. Damage it so i would put uv filters on or whatever but i'd spend 10 bucks yeah. on them the problem is my yeah. image is being shot through that cheap piece of glass or plastic or whatever it is and to me i was like okay that's a waste like that's so i don't use a uv filter um yeah i will use a polarizer or nd filter depending on the situation on our photo battle uh podcast uh, i think that's episode three maybe i don't know episode three episode two <laughs> we you asked me about one of the images if i used a polarizer and i didn't um you know, different. We'll we'll get it. Oh, yeah. That's we'll right. get into yep. filters at some point, but polarizer allows for. Um, it's basically like sunglasses for your for your lens. Uh, polarized sunglasses for your lens, so it allows for you to cut through water and re- and reduces any reflection off of even like leaves or anything that's like super high contrast. Um, so I have I have a polarizer. I have an ND filter for uh, sixty seven millimeter, um, but I don't I don't honestly use it that often. I mean, the polarizer I'll use when I'm shooting water. That's pretty much it. Or, yeah. or like, like wet, anytime it's wet out, polarizer is kind of, kind of cool. How about you? Yeah. Uh, with me, I used to be, I used to have, um, the clear filters on my, on my end of my lenses, just in case I, I banged it on yep. something. But again, I would buy an expensive lens. I'd put a shitty filter on it. And it's like, what's the point of that? Because I'm shooting yeah, you, through, you bought a you know, $3,000 piece of like lens you know, and you're putting a $10 yeah, piece of glass. On it. it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but no, and with ND filters, I have it on my camera. It's built in. Um, so that, I mean, that yeah, is, that's, that's huge. crazy. It's unbelievable. Like that's one thing that it actually, so it's, it's, you have full ND filter on that thing. So wh- how many stops can you yeah. run? Do you know? I think I have four on my C100 Now is that upgradable and do you have to clean those? Like, how does that work? So it's just, it's, it's a rotating lens that, that, goes over the sensor. So you're on, on the C100 Mark II, it's manual. So there's, there's literally glass that's going right in front of the, cool. the sensor. Um, the FS7 or FS5 is electronic, right, from Sony. They're, they're cinema cameras. It's electronic, which is, which is good in some points because you can, it's variable, so you can really dial right. it in, um, which is amazing. But I, I, I love just like, you know, being able to, again, that, your, that tactile, it's not going to yeah, break feeling too is yeah. there's something about that. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's so many people out there that have like, I mean, that's why they like like a manual car or vintage car. Cause they like that, like, you know, manual feeling. And there's some things that, that that's super important too. And that's part of the reason why I like vintage, but yeah, you being able to click those ND filters, there's something satisfying about that. It's huge. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I mean, I think we covered we covered a lot of good things on on lenses. And there's um, more. I mean, we'll do an episode. I'm sure that's oh, like definitely. maybe we'll we'll focus on wide and medium and they dial into like I'll have to do a ton of research, but on like you know they talk about elements in a lens and like how many you know glass yeah. and groups and the whole nine yards. I'm not so technical so, about it, but yeah. So if, if you're gonna give advice to to somebody out there listening to the podcast, what's one thing you would tell them about lenses? that you, that you like about it? Um, if they're going to sure, buy something, I would say definitely go buy a nifty 50. Like if you're going to buy a camera, go buy a nifty 50 and force yourself to use it. Um, using a prime lens will make you a better photographer. I, I honestly feel that way. Definitely. Um, definitely. you know, it makes you think about your shots more as much as like you have to have the zooms because you don't want to not be equipped to take the shot. I think having a, f- having one focal length, one, 
uh, fixed focal length makes you uh, appreciate using a zoom, but makes you your composition better for sure. That that's the advice. How about you? What mm-hmm. what advice would you give? Yeah. So for me, I would say it depends where you're at um, in photography or videography if you're a beginner or advanced. But I would say spend the money on some good glass if you if you're really gonna get into it. Um, I the Nifty Fifty is is great, but uh, if you're really thinking about getting into it. Spend your money on glass and uh, not really the body. Yeah, because here's the thing. At the end of the day, so, I mean, I'm kind of contradicting exactly what I just said. But and but you have a nifty 50, so you can't like say yeah, otherwise. But I'd yeah. say that like if, if, you know, budget was limitless, I'd say at some point, like again, I would buy 135 mil. I know I have my vintage one, but I'd buy a 135 if I was like a car photographer because that's a great focal length for that. So, um, you know – yeah, make sure I guess find out what photographer what what kind of fo- photography or videography you're going to do and and maybe do some research and find out what you think the best focal length for that would be and buy that prime lens if you do, if you don't want to go yeah. the cheap route. I don't Yeah, I don't think I'll ever upgrade to a 51.2 or anything because my 51.8 is so yeah. good. I don't think do I'll you, upgrade. Even if I have the chance to upgrade, I don't think I, I don't would. see the return on an investment from a f1.8 to f1.2 or f1.4 right so like i i talked about that 85 mil from getting an 85 they make an f1.8 the difference between an f1.8 and 1.4 are so small you wouldn't notice it and these these mirrorless cameras are so good that i can shoot an iso so high right just bump the iso a little bit sure your depth (laughs) of field is shorter but there's you know even when you shoot portraits f1.8 is almost too shallow like you 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 got to be tack on, and then the, the, the thing yeah, is, your already. nose is out of focus. So like, I prefer yeah. portraits done at f two point eight. I think you can get your your full your your full face almost fully in focus in, in your head. So like yeah. at that point, you're just getting a little bit more sharpness out of that lens. And I don't honestly think it matters. I don't. Yeah, I think the Nifty Fifty is the best the best lens they came out with ever. Yeah, for sure. So cool. I think that's a Jeez. great episode. Uh, again. Uh, if anybody has any questions or comments about this topic, I'd love for anyone to, uh, please, please comment. So it, it creates some, some talk. So maybe it's something we can bring up in our later episodes. Um, I want to say thank you everyone for listening. Uh, this is the autofocus podcast. My name is Scott and I'm Dan and everyone have a great night. See ya. Later.